love the story about the, the guy who is, uh, was in the Depression, and he was trying to find work. He's trying to find work everywhere, and he finally found, uh, went to the, the zoo. And he said, do you have any, any work for me? And they said, no, man, we have, we have no jobs available. And he said, and he started to walk away, and then he came back, and he said, please, anything. He said, I will do, I will do anything that you need. And they said, you'll do anything. And they looked at each other, and they said, anything. He said, all right, we got a job for you. He said, there, our, our monkey died, our gorilla died uh, just a, a few weeks ago, and, and he was the star of the, the whole zoo, and, uh, and we have nobody, you know, there's no way we can afford to, to bring in a new one for a while, so we've got a monkey suit, and if you can just pretend you're him, then we're all, we're all good. And the guy said, I'll do it, I'll do anything. So at first, he was just kind of walking around the cage and everything, but pretty soon he started, all the kids started really liking this and really loving it, and so he started getting more and more involved in the, in the performance, and then there was a, a, a trapeze, and he started swinging on the trapeze, and the kids loved it, and they, then, then he started cutting flips on the trapeze, and, and they loved it even more, and he was, he was the star of the, of, the whole, uh, of the whole zoo once again. And one day during a kitty matinee, he was just going crazy, he's cutting flips, and he went a little too high. And he sailed out of his own pen into the lion's cage. Well, the lion came jumping on, pounced on him, pinned him to the ground like this with his face against face. And the guy in the monkey suit, the man in the monkey suit was yelling out, help me, help me, help me. I'm not a monkey. I'm a man. I'm a man. Somebody please help me. And from inside the the lion's mouth came, shut up, man. You'll get us both fired. (laughs) You know, there's a, uh, that's the, the problem is, that shows a, a lot of Christians are like that. Um, our faith is more of an outward show than an inward reality. And the problem with that too is, is if you've ever been there, you know, you look yourself in the mirror and go, there has to be something more. There has to be something more. There's just confused people going and frustrated people saying there has to be more about Christianity. There has to be more about this, this life, this spirit-filled life than what I'm experiencing. And then also you're probably really tired and really exhausted trying to live this life in your own power and trying to do it your own way just on the outside rather than it coming from the inside out. And here's the great thing. God hates monkey suits. God hates those things because what he wants to give you is reality. He wants to give you truth. He wants to give you a true, authentic, spirit-filled, empowered life to, to, to make a difference in this world and to live life every day. And, you know, we've been, uh, been in a study on the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, one of the things, we talked about different things that he does and he brings. He's a, he's a comforter. He's a guide. We're going to be taking a look at that at the end of the summer. He's our guide. But also, uh, something he does is he sanctifies us. We took a look at, at that $10 word several, several weeks ago. And what that means is really that he comes to separate us and, and call us out to be different. He also, he cleans us up. It also means that, that he, he makes us what we've been declared to be. I mean, we've been declared to be Christians, and that means, that means little Christ. And we don't run around, you know, as little messiahs, but that means, that means we're, we're an example of Christ to this world. And we're followers of Jesus Christ, and we're children of God. And what, what the Holy Spirit wants to do is to make us the strongest Christian we can be, the most de- dedicated follower of Jesus Christ, the most beloved and most, most passionate children of God that we can possibly be. And I want to take a look at one verse today that talks about the sanctifying work of God. And, and, and if we truly understand this, I think it will have a profound effect on our life. And here's the verse from 1 Thessalonians 5.23. It said, may God himself, the God of peace, man, some of us need, need to hear that, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole, don't miss this, spirit, 
soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The order that Paul gave there is really, really important. He said, first of all, we are spirit, then we are soul, then we are body. And see, the problem is a lot of times we get that turned around. We, it's, it's almost like we're body first, then soul, and then spirit down, down the line. And no wonder we're confused. No wonder, because, and that's what Satan wants to do. He wants us consumed with the outside. He wants us to be consumed with the, with the, with the body, because if we're consumed with the body, then we're not going to pay as much attention to the spirit. But the Holy Spirit is wanting to say, no, the spirit is the most important thing about you. Then it comes your soul, and then it comes your, uh, your, your body. And a lot of times we try to reverse that order. We try to change things from the outside in. We try to change our outward actions and then hope it affects our inside. When the Holy Spirit wants to come and touch us from the inside, knowing that that'll affect the way we, we act and behave. And there's three parts that we have, three parts of you, three parts of me. The first part is our body, and nobody has to explain that. We're, you know, we're body. We've got a body that we, we run around in. But also, we are, we're spirit. And our spirit, that's the, that's the eternal part of us. That's the part of us that is the image of God inside of us. That's the part that's going to last forever. That's the part of us that connects with God. And we're also a soul, and that's the, that's the place that makes us, that's the thing that makes us a person. It's our personality. It's our thoughts. It's our intellect. It's our emotions. That's the things that we deal with, that we deal with, uh, with there. And something that we need to, to know is when we get saved, the Bible says we become a new creation. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. We're, we, we've got a, an alive soul for the first time when we come to, to Christ, an alive spirit. But the problem is our soul comes into this, you know, dragged and kicking, right? The soul comes into this broken. We don't all of a sudden, we're not just have our act together. We come into this Christian life just like we come into marriage with baggage, with, with wounds, with, with, with scars. And it just means we need to realize that every single one are broken people. We're broken. That's why we need a Lord. That's why we need a Savior because we're broken people. Now, we are broken to different degrees, Right? Our scars go deeper in different places. Some of, some of us, because of the way we were raised, some of the things that have happened, the trials that have happened in our life, that our scars may go deeper. But every one of us is scarred. Every one of us is, uh, is broken. Now, I've had various injuries in my life. Now, to, <laughs> now to anybody who knows that, uh, that's an understatement. And for one thing that I've had, I've had injuries and had to have surgeries for breaks in my life. The last one was I was in a Navy SEAL mud run and I broke my ankle. And, uh, and it, was, uh, it was pretty ugly. I mean, you know the little thing, the little ball that's at the end of your, your ankle? Well, that was, it shaved completely off and it was hanging like this. And it's, you know, looked pretty gross on the, uh, on the, 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 you know, the screen and it looked also gross when I looked down there. But here's the thing. Now, when I broke that thing, what could I, I really had three options, didn't I? I could pretend like nothing had happened. And I could just, you know, try to, try to fake it off and try to just say, no, you know, I'm fine. But what would happen? I'd, I'd be hobbling around to this day, and also I would, I would have made it way, way worse, wouldn't I? The second thing I could have done is I could have, I could have tried to fix myself. I could have bandaged it up and everything and, and tried to reset it. I couldn't reset it. I don't know how to do that. So what it would have done is, again, it would have, it would have maybe just taped together for a little while, but, but I would have still been hobbling around today, and I would have made matters worse. It would have probably reset in a way that it should never reset. Or I could have done what I did, and that's to, to put myself and trust myself to a surgeon who knew what he was doing. 
And, and, and if anybody's ever been in surgery in any way, you know there's a faith thing that goes along with that, right? I mean, you're putting yourself in going, my body is in your hands. And what I'm trusting is that you're able to do what I can't do. And that at the end of this, I'm going to be better for trusting myself in, you know, to, to you. And really, that's really what we do. We have the same options. Realizing we are broken people, we can pretend we're not. And how well does that work? Right? We just bring that brokenness into it. We just stuff it down and everything. But we bring that baggage into every relationship, into every situation we are. If we don't deal with that brokenness that we, that we have. Or we can try to fix it ourselves and just try a little harder and, you know, put on, the, put on a grit our face and everything and go, go try a little harder. And again, we're just going to make matters worse, most likely. Or we can untrust ourselves. If we can trust our body to, a, to a, a surgeon who is fallible, how much more can we trust our body, soul, and spirit to a God who's infallible, who only has our best interest in mind and knows exactly what he's doing and can trust us and can heal us, our brokenness, from the inside out? Another thing is that, we, that I've, I've been, had surgery for is I've had surgery for tears. The last one I had surgery for was I tore my labrum, my bicep, and my rotator cuff at one time. Now, that was not a cool way I, I broke it. I broke it with luggage, okay, or, or tore it with luggage. I was on a mission trip, and our missionary was just playing around, and we were, he, I was catching some luggage that he was throwing from a roof, some empty luggage, and we were going to put it in a, uh, in, a, in a truck, and I'm catching this. We thought he'd have some fun, and one of it was full, about 30 pounds of luggage, and he threw that, and I'm thinking, you know, from a roof, I'm expecting this thing to be nothing, and it was 30 pounds of luggage, and, I, and my shoulder went, and I quote, snap, right? And so here's the thing. He didn't mean to do that. He didn't mean to hurt me. In fact, he was trying to make me laugh. You know, we were just, he was just cutting up with me. But that didn't change the fact that it tore. And here's, here's the thing, too. I, I hurt my ankle because of a decision I made. I made a decision to be in this mud run and everything, knowing it was going to, it could be dangerous and things. But I made that decision. It was my fault. I made that decision. The, the, the tear, that was really somebody else's decision. And here's the point. You and I have been injured. Our, there's, there's scars in our soul. There's scars on our heart because of decisions that we have made. We've made bad choices in our life, and it has hurt us, and we are scarred individuals, and we're broken. There's broken parts of our life because of decisions that we've made. But we're also broken because of decisions that other people have made. They have said things, and they have done things that we didn't do. We didn't choose this. It was done for us, and we're wounded in that way. And here's the thing. You and I have had people hurt us because they meant to hurt us. I mean, there's people that said things with the intention of hurting us. They have done things with the intention of bringing pain to our, to our heart. But then there's also people who have hurt us, and they didn't mean to hurt us. They didn't mean, they're just, it was, it was broken people just doing life and, and bro- hurt people hurt people, right? And here's the weird thing is, some of the people that we have hurt the most are the people we love the most, Right? And the people that love us the most are probably the people that have hurt us the most as, as, as well. I mean, we've had, even though we love and care so much about our kids, we've probably hurt our kids. Even though we love and care about our parents very much, we've hurt our parents. Even though we love and care about our spouse and our friends and, and things like that and our brothers and sisters, we've, we care and we love them deeply, but because we're broken, sometimes we just, we, we hurt them as, uh, as well. So here, so God also, not only does he wants to, want to heal our brokenness, he also wants to heal those scars and those scabs that we have in our heart and that we have in our, our soul as, as well. 
Another thing is I've had surgeries for infections. I've had an appendectomy. I've had a tonsillectomy and things. And the same thing, our soul comes into this, this life, this new life with Jesus. It comes in infected. It has been infected by sin. It has been, it has been maneuvered by, by sin. In the same way, there's, this, there's a verse in Scripture that shows that the Holy Spirit wants to come in and wants to do some surgery on, to, to heal our brokenness, to heal the tears, and to heal the infection in there. And so, so let's look at that for one second. And notice this, understand this, that we are, for, for lack of better illustration, we are a spirit that is encapsulated by a soul that is encapsulated by a body. I mean, our soul, our body, you know, you can't see it on the inside. I mean, our soul and our spirit, it's, it's encased in a body. And our, our soul is the, is the one that also kind of encapsulates the, the spirit as, as well. But notice that this, the Holy Spirit, like a skilled surgeon, he wants, in, with the word, he wants to open up our soul and release that spirit. In Hebrews chapter 4, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Now, I don't know if you, I love the Word of God. I love it, I love it, I give it, get into it just about every day of my life. I get, I get into it a lot because it changes my life. And here's the thing I love about it. Man, it, it inspires me. It brings me. It brings me hope. It encourages me. It does all those things, but something it also does, it convicts me. It opens me up and goes, all right, Lowell, let's deal with that. Like a skilled surgeon, the Holy Spirit goes in that and goes, all right, we got an infection here. We got a problem here. We got an attitude adjustment that needs to take place here. And I'm thankful that God loves me enough to open me up in all those ways. And here's the, the analogy is, is too, is, is God wants to, to take care of our dead stuff. You know, I was in Thailand one time on a mission trip, and we had an afternoon off, and, and the, the, the missionary took us around, and it was a lot of fun, and we went to this, like, this uh, market. And in this market, they had these fish, and I, I, I think they have them in the United States. I think they had it in Myrtle Beach at one time. Don't know if they still do, but, but it's those fish that, that, like, eat the stuff off your feet. You know what I'm talking about? And it was really wild. I mean, I put my feet in there, and these fish, they go after the dead things. They eat the dead things on your, on your, on your feet. And it was kind of wild because it showed me, I, you know, I don't know what this says about me, but uh, I put my feet in there with one other person, and the other person, like one or two fish just kind of came like this. I had piranha time, right? It was just these fish going, completely going after my, my feet. Tickled like crazy. You're just going like this at first, but, but my feet felt completely different afterwards. Those things had gone after the dead things, so that, the, so that the soft tissue could come forth. And anybody who's a gardener, I said a few weeks ago that I lived next door to a master gardener who had over 1,100 rose bushes. And she taught me something. She taught in order for the, the new growth and the new buds to come, the old growth, the old things had to be taken away. And sometimes in our life, I mean, think about how many times God has, has allowed something dead to be removed in your life so God could bring some new life into your life, some new fresh buds, some fresh growth, some fresh life, some fresh tissue into, into your life. Another thing is the, the Spirit breaks through our hard stuff as well. And you know, imagine this, the, this being our, our life. And you know, a, a peanut has three different things, doesn't it? It has the, outward, the outer shell. And if you can imagine this to be, our, uh, to be our body, it has the outer shell, right? But then also on the inside, it has the, the, the skin that's around the, the meat. But it's really the meat. This is what we're going for, right? I mean, this is cool and everything, and it protects what's... But this is what's important. And it's like the skin is, our, is the soul that encapsulates, but this is the thing that is the most important here. And here's the wild thing. We can polish this up, 
We can, we can put lipstick on it. We can make it look great and everything, but it's still just a shell. That's not the, that's not the thing that a, peanut's, that a peanut's about. You have to get to the inside, to the meat. And, and the Holy Spirit, what he wants to do is he wants to break through the outer shell in order to get to the inner shell, to the meat of what we're really about as well, which is our soul. And that doesn't mean God has to just break. It has to be breakthrough in our life in order for there to be breakthrough in our, in our life. And... The spirit needs to, so what does the spirit need to break through? One thing he needs to break through is, the, is the, the strongholds in our mind. Something God is really dealing with me about and something we're going to do a series on, hopefully in the, in the fall, is the battlefield of the mind. Because I don't know about you, he's just showing me that so much of the thing that Satan has put, has, has infected us with lies, lies about God. Lies about what's really important in life. Lies about, my, about ourselves. Lies about other people. Lies about the world. Lies about, I mean, I could go on and on and on about the lies that he's put there. And, and, and God wants to break through. The Holy Spirit wants to break through those lies. Because how are we going to believe the truth if we don't have the breakthrough of what, the, uh, of those, of what those lies are? It's also an attitude of the heart he wants to break through. Because some of the attitudes of heart, let's talk about just some of them in just one way. How about anger and resentment and bitterness and unforgiveness? And how can God get to, you know, to us and get to the soft spot unless while there's this crust of, of hatred or this crust of, of bitterness in our, in our lives? So do you see why that's so important that God breaks through those things? Or how about, how about this? Our addictions needs to break through our addictions so we can find freedom. Or how about these? How about some life vows? What's a life vow? A, li- a vow, life vow is something you made, a vow that you made that, you, that, that is affecting your life right now. That maybe, you know, maybe you've been hurt by somebody. Maybe you were hurt by somebody of the opposite sex or, or, or you were involved in, in a group and they hurt you and you said, you know what, I am, I, I, I'm never gonna allow myself to be, to, to be vulnerable like that again. To be, and you close yourself to love. You close yourself to people who wanna love you and wanna be your friend and wanna care about you because of some vow that you made years ago because you got hurt. And God needs to break through that so you can find the love and the relationships that God has for you. How about this one, our need for control? I mean, there's some people that they are so, that they're absolutely obsessed with control. And how can Jesus be your Lord if you have to be in control of everything? Or how about, again, of, of our self-sufficiency? God can never, we, he can never be our Savior until we understand that we can't save ourselves. He can never really be our Lord of our life until we come to the point of going, I don't have what it takes to be a Lord. God, I give you, I don't want to be self-sufficient. I want to be God-sufficient. And how about this one? This is a big one, with being absorbed with self. I mean, can we just admit that we live in a society that's absorbed with ourselves? I mean, let's give one example. One example. How about photographs? You can get a photograph. If there's 30 people, there's 50 people in that photograph. You're in that photograph. Who do you look for first? Or how about this? First time in history that over 50%, it's close to 70% of all pictures are taken, not of anybody else or not of landscape, but of who? Of ourselves. That we live, we are selfie people living in a selfie generation. And how can, how can we be the light of the world? How can we be the city on a hill that can't be hidden? How can we be the, the ministers that God wants us to be, the, to go into the world and preach the gospel if we're consumed with ourselves? Do you see why this is so important that God breaks through these things? And until he breaks through, there's not going to be a breakthrough in our life. Uh, and we think a lot of times as, as brokenness uh, as a bad thing or being broken. And again, maybe just think of it as, as breakthrough. But again, in the peanut, unless this thing, unless this shell is broken and there's breakthrough in there, you can never get to the good stuff. You can never get to the, the meat. 
Or how about, how about this? Unless the seal of the perfume is broken, you can never smell the aroma. I mean, you can maybe get a little whiff, but until that seal is broken, the aroma can never go, uh, go forth. Or how about this one? A seed. Until that seed is broken, and really, in fact, until the seed dies, uh, the new life and the, the life that's inside the seed can never take place. And God sometimes needs us to, and again, I want to say this, brokenness doesn't mean that God's going to make everything bad in your life or things. Sometimes God right now is, is, is breaking me in some things in some really beautiful, wonderful ways of just going, hey, I got something better. I got, I got a new mindset. You got the mind of Christ, and we're going to show how to live that. I mean, and maybe just go through and go, you know what? We're going to see how to love more. We're going to see how to be more generous. And he does this in a breakthrough of things in sometimes a gen, you know, just a gentle way, sometimes a, a, more, a more strong way, whatever it takes. God is able to do that and wants to do that. Or how about packaging? Okay, I'm going to tell you something that happened to me yesterday. I received something. I, I got something from Amazon and got a, it, all it was was a, a video card for a GoPro, okay? And this is this big. How big do you think the package was that was in this thing? It was enormous, and it was like Fort Knox, man. I had literally, I took 11 cuts with scissors in order to get to something this big. It was like uranium, you know, or something, plutonium. That it, I don't know why they put so much. It was, it was horrible to try to get to. In fact, I received something a few months ago that I thought I'd never get into. I took some scissors to it that said, no, you're not getting in here. I mean, scissors were, were absolutely worthless against this thing. I took a hunter's knife. I don't mean just this little wussy knife. I mean a real knife, and I could not break through this thing. I had to take pruning shears to get to this thing to break, to break through. In fact, here's some things right here. Watch this. Here's, some, here's somebody that tried to get into to a little package that looked like similar to what I was wanting to do. And, and watch this one. How about this? It's scissors, and it's packaged in such a way that says the only way to get in there, carefully cut the cable using what? Scissors. How stupid is this, right? I received, I, again, I, I ordered something the other day, something else the other day, and it said, do you want to, to have regular packaging or easy opening packaging? And I'm like, who would want to say, no, give me the hard stuff, right? Give me the hardest thing because I love coming this close to being in a in condition or, you know, ripping my arteries trying to just get into the thing, right? But here's the, here's the beautiful thing. Why do we do that? Why do we get in, take so much time and effort and energy and everything to get into those packaging? Because we know there's something wonderful or precious on the inside of that. And God God in his love will break through all this packaging and try to go through all the junk and everything to get to, to get to the real us, to the inside of us because he loves us so much and he knows there's something precious in there and he wants to work with that and he wants to change us from the inside out. And again, I want to say this. Uh, if anybody's ever seen horses being broken, something you notice is, is this. I mean, here's some, some Native Americans that are, that are breaking a horse uh, and, and notice that, that this horse is trying to do everything it can to get this guy off. He's saying, man, you are not going to ride me. You are not going to ride me. You are not going to ride me. But then there comes the point where he goes, all right, I'm done. You know, I give, I give up. And he hasn't changed. The, the horse is still just as strong as it ever was. The horse is, is simply, the will has been changed. The will has come under the authority of, uh, of, of, another, of another hand. And here's the thing that there's, there's people that really are kind of like the wild stallions. There's, we live in a world of wild stallions. There are people going, you know what, I believe in God, but I'm not going to bow my knee to him. And there's Christians that are wild stallions in the body of Christ too. 
I'd say, I know what God says about this issue. I know what God says about this, but I'm not bowing in this, in this area. And here, God in his love, the Holy Spirit, not just for eight seconds, but keeps riding us and riding us and riding us because he's not going to give up until we're in the hand of the master and we can become everything that God wants us to, to be. Another thing that, uh, that God does is, is he wants to change us and transform us from the inside out. You know, the Pharisees, they were consumed with the outside, weren't they? I mean, they were absolutely consumed with the, with the outside. And how well did that work? I mean, what they thought, they thought was this. They thought if they changed their outward behavior, if people changed their outward behavior, then it would change the inside. And it doesn't work, does it? Because that's why it didn't work to such a degree that, that that's how they could come, they could have the Bible memorized and yet come face to face with the Messiah who the Bible talked about, who all the prophecies were about, and they didn't even recognize him when they were three feet away from him. Or they could have, they could watch a healing, they could watch an incredible miracle, and instead of rejoicing like everybody else, they're whipping out their calendars to make sure it's the right day, right? Let's talk about missing the forest for the trees, but that's what happens when you're so consumed on the outside and not consumed on the inside. But God in his love, he transforms us from the inside out. Imagine this, imagine we were given the task, every person in this room, every person listening to me right now, and they were, we were given the task to transform a caterpillar into a butterfly, now, there's some of you, you're incredible. You're so incredible with, with being able to make things with your, with your hands. I mean, you're an incredible artist. You're incredible with crafts. And, and maybe we, we, we had you do the, do the crafts part, and you were to, to paint some nice little wings and everything. And somebody else was to you know, put some adhesives and put it on the caterpillar. And then some other people, some of you, you were, you're incredible making the antennas, those beautiful antennas, and you, you manufacture those, and you put those on there. And then, but, but let me ask you, and what happened when we tried to just, you know, kind of flap the wings like this, and then you, there's some aeronautical engineer in here that's just amazing, did that and then threw it up in the air, and what would happen? Would that splat, right? That caterpillar would never fly. It would never fly, and it would, it would never be what it was created to be, and, it was, and the wings would fall off, and the antennas and everything. But here's the beautiful thing that no matter, how, no matter how great the artist is, no matter how the structural engineers or the, or the aeronautic engineers, no matter on this earth, they can't change a, a caterpillar into a butterfly. But God can do it from the inside out. God transforms this thing just by being what it is. And, 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 and God can change that where it literally flies and where it's beautiful and the wings are real and, and, and everything. And you and I probably know what it feels like to be that man in the monkey suit or try to be that caterpillar and try to put wings on us and try to do everything and try to live this Christian life and everything from the outside in and it doesn't work, does it? And whatever we do have, it's not real and it's not, it's not authentic. But God, if we open up ourselves to, to the Holy Spirit, what God wants to do is he wants to come in and transform us from the inside out and he can do what we, he can do in a day, he can do it in a moment, he can do it in a sermon, he can do it in an instant, he can do it in, a, in an experience, he can do it in a, in a relationship, he can do it in a miracle, he can do it whatever he wants to transform us from the inside out. You know, David was an incredible man and, and God called him a man after his own, own heart. And here's, I think, one of the big reasons that, that David invited God to come in and do surgery on him and said basically, my brokenness, I give it to you. Come in and heal my brokenness. I, I give you the right to come in and heal anything that's broken, to strengthen anything that needs to be strengthened. And listen to this verse that he has. He said this in Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. 
test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in my life that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Have you ever invited God to come in and do surgery? And he comes in with his, with his incredible, incredible hands of the master surgeon and just comes in to bring life where there was not, to break through the parts that are dead, to break through, the, to cut those things that are dead out of our lives in order so life can come, to break through those hard places of, of, of bitterness and anger and the, and the lies that we've believed and the vows that we've made and all these things that, that are contrary to what God would have. He needs to break through in order for life to come. And like a seed that God plants in our heart, he can make new life appear. If we could bow our head and close our eyes. God wants to bring life to dead places. What are some things that are dead in your life that right now God is saying, I give you a new beginning, a fresh start, new life for old. And, and though there's pain in the night, joy shall come in the morning that all the years that the locust stole, he's going to restore. Where are some breakthroughs, some strongholds, some hard areas of your heart and soul that God right now is wanting to, to break through so life can come? Is there any bitterness, any unforgiveness? any lies that you've believed about God. And have we ever invited him to just say right now, Holy Spirit, I trust myself to you. I ask you to change me, to transform me from the inside out. I don't want to be a, a man or a woman in a monkey suit. I'm tired of living that way. I want an authentic real relationship with you and I know I can't manufacture it on the outside but I know your Holy Spirit comes into my life to change me and transform me from the inside out so God do your surgery strengthen heal restore make alive and make new in the name of Jesus Christ and all God's people said Amen Amen